Welcome to the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast, where we untangle the past, rewrite the present, and reclaim our future. I am your host, Tammy Vincent, and together we will break free from old patterns, heal wounds, and create new narratives. Are you ready to transform the effects of your dysfunctional past into your superpowers? Are you excited to get back in touch with your true authentic self? If so, then hit subscribe and join me weekly on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. Here we will learn from experts as well as experienced thrivers how to turn our trials into smiles while living our most authentic and joyful lives. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode. And today I have a very special guest who has a story that Although it may be a little tough to listen to, it is amazing, and there's so much hope inside of it. And her name is Jill Schultz. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Okay. So, I mean, we all know the name of this podcast is Adult Child of Dysfunction. And when I ask, does anybody have a story, people come out of the woodwork. Um, Share your story a little bit, how you got here. Yeah. So I always like to start by saying, you know, my, my story, the reason I'm telling it is because I want to open up the conversation for people to be able to freely talk about this because currently it's not something that people are open about. And so if you're hearing this for the first time, or you're having a memory or you're coming to the place where you're like, oh my God, this is something that I have to deal with. There are lots of resources on my website for people to get support because it's it's very important to me that you're safe and that you're held and that you get to get help um, if that's something that you need. So my website is jilleschultz.com and you can see the spelling on the screen and there's a resources section there and there's a get help section. So please, please, please reach out if you feel like you need to talk to somebody right now. Um, I was molested when I was around three or four years old and I don't remember who did it. None of that matters. I forgave that person a long time ago, which is something in the healing process that we'll talk about being really, really important is forgiving whoever it was that hurt you. Um, but where my story shifts into a conversation that where people aren't really talking about is because of what somebody taught me to do. I was experimenting innocently and curiously with other children as a child. I was not doing that as an adult. Let me be clear. As a child, I was doing that. And I lived with debilitating shame for 41 years, thinking that I was the only little girl who ever did anything like that. And so God decided that this gets to be my purpose and passion in life. I prayed for my purpose for a very long time. Be careful what you pray for. When they (laughs) say that, they mean it because never would I have chosen to be the poster child for this conversation. Um, But it's, I'm really doing this because I want to help collapse time for people. Let you know if this is your story, you get to love yourself, you get to forgive yourself and you get to live a magnificent life. So that's, that's what, what I'm here to talk about today. Well, thank you. And thank you for being so vulnerable because it is it it is difficult, especially for people. Like you said, some people are sitting at home when they hear more of the details of your story are going to be like, oh, my gosh, that's me. And never would people have imagined that we'd be in a place or in a world where it's okay to say, hey, that was me. I need help. I need Um, help. We're in a great place right now for that. So we should all feel blessed and grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So you what age did this experimentation phase start? 
I think, you know, with sexual trauma, you remember and you forget and you remember and you forget. I think I was probably around. Well, I remember in first grade um, knowing that it felt good. I wasn't necessarily acting out at that age, but I knew touching myself felt good. And I know a lot, a lot of kids experiment with that. So if you were experimenting with masturbation when you were little, that doesn't mean that you were abused, but I, I specifically remember being in first grade and thinking, yeah, that, that feels good. And so I think I was probably around seven when I first started doing that. And, um, that ended when I was 12. Okay. And so then you just kind of brought your friends into it, like, hey, let's try this or let's do this. And- yeah, an advanced, an advanced course of playing doctor, I would say. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is very normal, which is yeah. the, the playing yes. doctor is very normal. Um, yes. But yes, if being. Well, and I want to, I want to distinguish. Um, I knew from a very young age how to have sex. Children don't know how to have sex from a very young age. So if you were playing doctor, that was, that's very natural. Children are going to experiment. They're going to, you show me, I'll show you, you know, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. But when a child knows how to have intercourse, that changes the scenario. Somebody has taught the child to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when you said this went on until you were about 12, yeah. And then, so what was your, like, how did all of a sudden, did someone stop you? Did someone catch you? I mean, what are the logistics behind what, when you slapped yourself in the face and said, okay, this isn't right. Yeah. And I, I talk about it cause I, I can, t- I can freely talk about it because I have written a book about it. So right. <laughs> it's like, it's out there, you know, but an, an adult caught me in the closet and um, I was told that little children go to hell who do that. And so, you know, when that point in your life is any child, any, any parent can mess up a child at any age, it could be as as silly as we don't talk about money. Right. But when that happened, that's when I formed the toxic shame that I lived with. And there's a difference between toxic shame and shame and toxic shame is that deep embedded shame that, you know, literally will affect you in in many, many areas of your life. And the three areas where it affected me was I had an eating disorder until I was 41 years old. I was bulimic. Mm. I wasn't connecting with men. I would walk into a bar, a restaurant or anywhere. And a man would look at me and I would immediately put my head down because I didn't want him to see me. I thought if a man can see me, how can he love me? And now after all the work that I've done, I'm like, how can a man not love me knowing everything that I have done to heal and make myself whole again and just, you know, we're perfect the way we are. And then the other area of my life that it affected was in business and, you know, imposter syndrome, not feeling worthy of success, things like that. So that's the difference between toxic shame and shame is it really gets in there deep into your soul. And, you know, I, I had that, I carried, I, I call it my shame cloud. Right. I had a dark cloud that followed me everywhere for 41 years. I would go to sleep. It was there. I would wake up. It was there. It was I like to compare it to Pigpen on Snoopy. Yeah, but that little cloud. That, but, yeah. that's kind of, but that's kind of cute and fun. This was an oppressive shame cloud that literally dominated my life and how I felt about myself. Right. So, and I always, I like I did just was talking to someone the other day about the difference between guilt and shame. And like you say, the difference between shame and toxic shame is, is huge. But it's yeah. like the difference between guilt and shame where you feel guilty about things, you feel bad yeah. that you did them. 
but shame is your you feel that you are bad physically yeah. it becomes your identity so yeah when you live with that toxic shame it's it's hard to get over so what were the steps i mean when did you start getting the help yeah well i went to therapy for the first time when i was 33 and i'm 56 now so you don't look it Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I was 33 when I started going to therapy and I also was blessed to have found landmark education at the same time. I don't know if you know landmark education, it's very deep transformational work. And I've done several different programs that have that kind of work involved. And what it is, is it, for me, it's, you know, when you're pointing your finger, blaming somebody else for your life, you have three pointing back at yourself. So right. it really is about taking responsibility for your life and not playing victim anymore. Not being like, well, I'm this way because so-and-so hurt me. I'm sorry. We get to choose every single day what our life looks like. And you get to decide right now that you're not going to let your trauma own you anymore because you are not your trauma. So I just went off on a tangent. What was your question? <laughs> Oh, therapy and all the things. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about my, I was like, oh, well, that's a good one. I like, I was getting there, but go ahead. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I started therapy at 33 and I did landmark in conjunction with that. And it sped up my therapy by years and years and years and years because of the deep work that you get to do in those types of programs. So if you are suffering from sexual trauma, like I, I believe that therapy has a place. I still have a therapist. Um, I've had three in the last 45 years. Um, but I also believe that there are other ways to get healing way more quickly these days. There's lots of different modalities. There's, you know, deep, um, transformational work like I've done. So, um, anyway, that was the beginning of it. And then I saw another therapist when I was 41 and that's when I was like, you are still eating, binging and purging and you're 41 years old. You need to get a handle on this. And then I, uh, continued to do the transformational work. So that's kind of my my therapy healing story. Right. And I think, I think therapy in conjunction with all the other things, I mean, like you said, the, you know, somebody can go to therapy for all these different things, but it may cause something as simple as, you know, being afraid to fly. So then you take a a simple modality, which is tapping or, you know, EFT tapping or something. And all of a sudden they're not afraid to fly anymore, but now let's go back and figure out why, (laughs) you know, you can fix like a a quick phobia or a fear, a, a, a mindset belief pretty quickly, but it's the deep stuff. You have to go deep with that deep stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you wrote a book. Tell us about your book. I did write a book. Well, God wrote a book. I did not write a book. I did not want to write a book. I had no desire to write a book. I'm not an author. I'm none of those things. But when I surrendered to what God told me my purpose gets to be, (laughs) um, I immediately just wanted to get on stages and shout my message from the rooftop because it was so freeing for me to feel like I had finally healed from all of this. All I wanted to do was help other people get to that same place. And I talked to a friend of mine who um, is a speaker and he's like, well, if you want to speak on stages, you got to write a book. And I was like, but you don't understand. I don't want to write a book. So I I started sharing my story um, in the community that I was in, which was the the hardcore leadership transformational um, community and was just amazed at all the that's my story, too. That's my story, too. So the book I wrote the first the first and the last chapter. 
the rest of the book is other people's stories of either children who were like me that acted out or people who had been hurt by somebody and how they came to forgive them. My therapist wrote a chapter in the book about how to talk to your children so that they're not targets or mm -hmm. what to do if your child has been targeted. Um, there's a woman who it's devastating, but her, her infant daughter started being molested by the father when she was an infant. And so her story is really about how her court struggle was in getting sole custody of her daughter because our court systems are messed up. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the book, I really wanted it to be inspiring and there are stories of people who have been through significant trauma and how now they've created these beautiful lives, because I believe that everything on our heart was given to us by God. And those are ours to have. And so every day we get to create those things for ourselves. Even if you've had bad things happen to you, mm -hmm. you get to have a beautiful life. So that's the book in a nutshell. Very proud. It came out November 1st. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to read it. I've got a stack of all these. I do all these podcasts now and I'm like yeah. guesting and, you know, hosting and I've got all, I've got a stack of books or of in my course. audible, I got like a hundred books I got to <laughs> listen of to, course. but they're all good. They're all good stories. I mean, that's why we're sitting here today because yeah. my story is not your story, but there's millions of people out there. I mean, my story is as, as an adult child. So there's millions of people out there that can resonate with that. So you know, but it's like, ultimately, at the end of the day, dysfunction is the dysfunction and the effects as far as what you have to do to heal when anything like that happens as a child is pretty much it's very similar. It's, yeah. it's so um, you write, you speak Well, you don't want to write books, which, <laughs> but get I other people that, writing. I think there will be a second book, but the second book is going to be about people who have done the healing work and their beautiful stories on the other side of all that, when they're manifesting and creating their life, that's mm -hmm. what the second book gets to be. That's, that's amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait. So what do you do now for work for, for what do you do in your, your real life when you're not doing your, your heart centered? Yeah, job? <laughs> well, I'm blessed. I'm a serial entrepreneur and I'm blessed that yes. All, all of the things that I do, I love. I have an event company that I've had for 24 years and I'm in the wine industry. So that's really fun. And then I do vacation rentals. And then, you know, the book, God has put the other businesses in my life to sustain me until the book came out. And now, you know, I'm really just looking to get my message out there as quickly as possible to help people heal. Um, so that's, that's kind of the focus now. And that's new. And you said it just came out in November. So you're only yeah. like two months in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you'll do amazing things. I mean, it's one of those stories that it's like that taboo, you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to breach that. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's, you know, like even I was a teacher and I watched kids and you, you know, I remember in first grade I was teaching and I set my hand on a little girl's shoulder and she wet herself. And I'm like, okay, that girl is clearly being molested. Like yeah. no doubt in my mind, no, no doubt, hundred percent. But it's like, oh, well, until she comes forward, it's like, no, get her to trust you, get her to come forward, make, you know, find a way. And, but everybody just wants to, woo, that's some, you know, just shoo it away. And these are, this is reality. This is life. I mean, yeah. with things the way they are, I remember you know, I, I remember I was statement when the COVID ha first happened and it, there was a lockdown and it was actually a principal that said to me, 
isn't this amazing during COVID? Like there's so much more family time that the cases of child abuse are going down. And I was like, you're a principal. The cases of child abuse were identified in the school. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, the cases didn't go down. Now you just have more people at home together. I mean, when I fought, taught first grade, that was the safest place those kids could have been, some of them. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, so do you plan, do you want to go to schools? And so you want to talk about awareness. I mean, that's 100% of the key. Yeah, I see myself more in the inspirational side of things. You know, when when this first came to me, I or when I first surrendered, because surrender has been my, is it's going to be my word for the rest of my life. Cause I keep surrendering into a lot of hard stuff, actually, that's come because of the book and around the book and all the things. And, um, but, um, I just lost my train of thought. I love that you do perfectly imperfect because people want to see real. Cause I just, <laughs> I mean, it is because where minds are always, you know, I see I'm, squirrels people. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> no, I was just asking about um in the classroom and where I see like, where I see myself taking this message. Yes, the message. Yeah. I um oh, I know what I was going to say. So when I first surrendered to all of this, um I heard a woman Amanda Francis. Do you know who Amanda Francis is? Mm-mm. She wrote a book called Rich as F. She's a manifesting queen and she's the one that said everything on our heart was given to us by God and it's our job every single day to know that we get to have those things to feel that. And I was getting ready to drive to LA and I um all of a sudden I saw Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Lewis Howes and I was like, "Oh, that's silly." And I was like, "Wait a minute. Everything on our heart was given to us by God." And so I've always seen myself on very big stages, Oprah Winfrey, um, Reese Witherspoon's book club, Joyce Meyer. Like I get to, I get to partner with these people, Brene Brown. So, um, I'm that's, that's my goal is just being an inspirational speaker from these large stages to show people, you know what I was in, in pain and shame, deep, deep pain and shame for 41 years. And now because I have forgiven myself and I love myself and I know I deserve these things, I'm creating this beautiful life for myself. So that's really, really where I see this going. I'm happy to talk. I To talk in schools is probably not something that w- I would feel comfortable with because I'm not a therapist and I'm not qualified to be having right. these conversations. Right. Yeah. I make but sure like that you could. But like you could definitely talk to people about maybe like some signs to find, look for at home. Or and that's in the book, and I could talk a little bit about that, but that that makes me nervous. To people putting their their trust in me around their children, I don't have children, so it's a different right. ball game for me too. I right. would definitely go to colleges and things like that and speak there because I think I I wouldn't feel as responsible right as I would directing somebody around their children and and getting care for their children. But I think I mean your message is one of hope, and it's one of healing, yeah. and it's one of just life happens. I mean, I know you, you mentioned the one about the manifesting. I'm actually in the middle of re- reading, get, get rich, lucky bitch. Oh, okay. I same, love it. same concept, a great yes. manifesting book. And yes. um, just, you know, and it's the same thing. It would be just be, God gave you everything you have. And that's always been my message. Everything you have is inside of you. And then life happens, beats it down. And you just got to get the tools to access it, to pull it out, to be able to live it. Because we weren't bored. You know, I said, God didn't go by and go be like, good, bad, happy, sad, good, bad, good. I mean, we were all born joyous and happy and perfect in our own 
world, just like we are right now. Manifesting. It is my favorite thing. I have this little morning dance that I do with God. That is just magical. You can do it for us. Oh, it's just, um, I wake up and immediately before, and I'm not going to dance, but it's this fun little dance that we do together. But I, I, before I even do anything, I'll put on some sort of, I have a couple different meditations that are automatically speaking as I'm waking up mm-hmm. and then I'll do, um, sometimes I'll do Esther Hicks. Sometimes I'll do Regan Hill. You're like, I'll listen to something else. And this morning I listened to an Esther Hicks this morning that I, got a glimpse of what it actually is just to tap in and really get it. It was magical. I'll send it to you. It was really, okay. Really yes. Cool. Cause I love that stuff. Absolutely yes. love it. And just and even, I get, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Then I just get quiet. I say, okay, God, because you know, this is all new territory for me. I'm, I'm not an author. I'm not a speaker. I don't know what those people do. So I get really quiet and I meditate for a few minutes and I just say, okay, God, what do I have to offer the world today that I can bring forth? Or what do I get to do today to move this forward? And I've gotten really good at listening to my intuition. Really yes. good at that. And so. super important and super impressive that you do it humbly. Not how can I make this? How can I do this? How can I get on this? But what can I do in order to serve someone so that they can help me get yeah. Well, yeah, that's the only reason I'm doing this. Like, this yeah, it's not, this is not what I would have chosen. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah you. Probably 20 years ago, you weren't like, I think I want to be on big stages and yeah, air my soul to everybody. And... With other kids. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's awesome. Um, so that's, I mean, it's exciting. It's fun. I love the story of hope. I love, um, I love what you're saying. It's, it's funny. Even I just, I've actually had three recordings today, but my last one, I always say, give a words of wisdom. And she was, her, she literally was like, surrender. I was mm-hmm. like, so when you said that, I was like, and that's really what it is, you know, and she kind of had a very similar message, but I love it. So I just got chills because if you can get to that place where you can do that, it's actually quite addictive. Yeah. Because you know, if you can do that, if you can surrender into it all, it's going to work out. Yeah. You don't know how, which sucks. Like I hate God's timing. I'm like, he and I fight a lot. I fight with, I fight with God a lot. Yeah. But if you I think he's a pretty that, good sense of humor. I agree. I think the Holy spirit, I don't know what you believe, but <laughs> I believe the Holy spirit is the funny one in the bunch. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I surrender is it's really hard, but if you can get to that place and you can go, all right, and just let it go. It's amazing how God will work it out. Well, and, and it's just, you know, you're carrying this burden for 40 years. You carry this burden of guilt and shame and, and how nice to just be able to hand it over to somebody else to say, this is yours to take care of. Like, I'm trusting you. You know, I know like when I went through Al-Anon and stuff like that, they was always, you know, your higher power, just no, like, don't lay your head down at night and worry because you, it doesn't do you any good. You're not in control at the end of the day anyway. So control yeah. the things you can yeah. control. I know right over my bed, it says, give it to God and go to sleep. <laughs> yes. Oh, that feels good too, huh? Yeah. Because we forget to do that. And then we go to bed with all of our worries and all the things mm-hmm. that we're thinking about. But, oh, I love that. I'm going to put that next to my bed. Yeah. That's it's right weird. there. Big and a big yeah. thing, like, like big. And then right next to my diffuser with my lavender. And the combination is really good. But she made that too. So, <laughs> 
So that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I don't want to keep you too long, but um, great story and so much hope yeah. and love in that. And if people want to talk to you, work with you, I know you said there's some resources. I'm going to put it all in the show notes, but what would be the direct first reach out? Well, jillieschultz.com is my website, all my socials there. I'm just now creating a YouTube channel where I'm going to be pouring a lot into that. I'm excited about that. And that's also jillieschultz. And one of the things that I found in my healing is that I healed much more quickly in community when you could talk about it in a group. And I do have a Facebook group called Living Unshamed. So okay. if you want to, to join a community of other people who are dealing with similar things, please, please ask to join the Facebook group too. Living okay. Shamed. Okay. And I will put that in the show notes too, because community is everything. I actually yeah. just, just did a live and I was like, I'm starting my new group coaching because I work with adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, but it, it helps so much to hear the other stories and to see the hope and to just feed off each other and know that, like you said, you're not alone. Yeah you know, definitely not alone. So I love it. So I will put all of those links in there because I'm sure people there, like I said, there's millions of people out there and you just don't know what people have been through, but people will definitely resonate with that for sure. And I like to ask all of my guests, please leave the, the listeners with some words of advice or words of wisdom or something from Jill Schultz. Yeah. Well, it's actually from Neil Donald Walsh. Okay. Jill Schultz is coining and it's life happens outside your comfort zone. So I always like to say, look at that one thing in your life that looks like it's the hardest thing that you'll never get past. Face it head on and say, you don't own me anymore because life really is beautiful on the other side of all the healing and all, all the forgiveness and all of that. That's that's nice. That's and I love your explanation of it because you always just hear nothing exciting happens out inside your comfort zone and get out of your comfort zone and everything. But to put it in perspective is is valuable. So thank you for that. Thank you. It was lovely meeting you today. Absolutely. You too. And I will definitely be getting your book and following all that. And I appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And for all everybody out there listening, once again, another story of hope and healing. And this one, a good one, a really good one. Tune in next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. If this episode resonated with you or you think someone else could benefit from what you heard, why not share it with someone you care about? Let's heal from our past and take back control of our lives together. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to www.tammyvincent.com for a free chapter of my book, Surviving Alcoholic Parents. While you're there, be sure to catch my invigorating seminar, Awakening Your Authentic Self. Together, we will rewrite our stories and turn trials into triumphant smiles. Until next time, keep embracing your strength, keep being you, and know that you are more than enough. You are way more than enough right here, right now.